It's Tempo Waffle Time! Welcome to Tempo Waffle. With Troy and Steve question mark. <laughs> We're talking about marking today. Ooh. Yeah. Or should I say, ooh. We have to ask a question about marking. Which is? Okay. So the question why for bother? you is... Yeah, well, why bother? Do okay. you do it? How? Do I do it? Yes. Why? Uh, honestly? Yes? Because the school wants it. Is that enough of a reason? Is it enough of a reason? Yeah. Yeah, it's part of the job. It's the same reason why... Actually, I was going to say why I wear a tie, but that's not true. But um, a tie to the students. Do the students want it too? The school wants it. Do the students want it? Sometimes. Uh, some of them, I should say. Who? Which ones? Uh, the very best. The, uh, one, the ones that don't need it. Yeah. Um, there is this problem, though, that if students think you're not going to mark something, they don't do it. Uh, if we're talking about teenagers, sure. Um, teenagers believe in it, if there aren't any consequences then why bother uh, so I would say yes that's true of teenagers I'd say for young kids it kind of works the other way around uh, oh this isn't fun anymore it's for marks mm-hmm. okay so what kind of things should we mark should we we shouldn't we shouldn't mark at all nope there is some research though that uh provide some evidence that student feedback from teachers' marking is actually very beneficial to students' learning. Uh, you're talking about two different things, though. Are you talking about marking or feedback? Well, the f- y- yes, good point. The thing is, though, that when we mark, we should be giving students feedback on how they've done. Okay, but schools don't do feedback. Schools do grading. Their version of marking is grading. Okay, yeah, so do we need to separate... Need a grade and a score and... Because it's part of the administrative function, and this is the only way that we have of measuring success, efficacy, whatever you want to call it. Well, I think that's the same for the students. They they're going to do something. Teens, for example, they're going to do something because it's graded. Um, yeah. And I remember that when I was a student as well. Um, that if the students, uh, if the teacher said this is for grades. Yeah. Then we're going to. Do it properly and seriously. Oh, I have a stack of papers at my house right now that I'm never actually going to look at. But I've collected them from teenagers. But if you collected them, doesn't that imply that you should then do something with them? I have done something with them. What we did an activity in which the chart got filled out. That's the sound of the curtains being closed. Okay. We did an activity was, with... Oh, that wasn't a metaphor? <laughs> Yeah, that was the curtains being closed on that activity. But why did you take them in? If the activity has been done, can't the students just throw the paper away? Can they? Yes. Should they? Sure, I don't care. Well, why didn't they? Because I collected them. Yes, so that's the question. Why did you bother collecting them if you're not going to do anything with them instead of just letting them... So the students think I'm going to mark it. And if you don't give it back, is there not going to be some sort of... Uh, uh, oh, there's always that one student says, where's that thing that we did that you haven't graded yet? Ah, but they think I'm grading it. They don't, they don't expect feedback because they're high school students. Right, okay. All right, so... <laughs> all right, well, Am I really I, killing no, no, this I can't, No, no, I can't, I can't argue with that. That's true. I mean, if they think that you've taken it in just to grade, do they not want to then know the mark? Uh, yes, some of them do. Uh, and I say, 
it will be in at the end of the term. Right. Okay. Um, I, I do with, okay, for, for example, uh, I don't like collecting. I prefer that the students just did it. But I know that some students won't just do it, and I can't blame them. Not everybody loves English class and is really enthusiastic about going around and asking ten people a question. Fine, right. you're, you're a student. That's, I can't make you... But, but that, that is the reason why marking and grading is important, because it provides that extrinsic motivation for the students who are not intrinsically motivated in the study. If okay. if I don't really want to study Spanish, yep, and I have to study it, yep. then the only thing that's keeping me there is the fact that I have to do it, and yep. the fact that I've got grades to fulfil for some sort of report card at the end. Yep. Um, hopefully, in the process of doing all that, I've become interested in it. Yes, I mean uh, that's the hope. Yeah, but but the grading and the, the grading anyway is part of the extrinsic motivation to yep. keep students. So I suppose the goal then is to get the grades and and extrinsically motivate the students and give feedback. Okay, uh, sure. Okay. I'd rather they just didn't have to study Spanish. Well, if they didn't yeah. study Spanish, then the Spanish teacher wouldn't have a job, right? <laughs> That's fine by me. Well, Actually, a third of the Spanish teachers would still have jobs and they would teach the third of the students who really wanted it, which would make it a much more desirable subject. Okay. And then 50% of the students would want to do it. Fine. Oh, I see. Okay, but let, let's switch that to English then. Okay. If you say we don't have to study English... Yep, we don't. Well, we do. I mean, we do because... It's part of the curriculum and it's going to be assessed and the assessment will form part of your final grade. No. Why do I have to study English, teacher? Because it's going to be on your grade. Uh, That's a terrible motivation. Well, I don't know. I mean, the thing is that fast forward five years, you're going to be an engineer... Um, okay. You're going to have to access some of that information that's out there in English. Theoretically. Um, I mean, for... What, what, what subject, what language subject did you have at school, Steve? We studied French. French, right. Yes. So fast forward it was a complete No, it was a complete disaster. I, I concede straight away. I, okay. I remember the cats under the chair and that's pretty much it. And if I went to France, I'd have to start from scratch. The, the fact that we studied French at school... Uh, was an anomaly. It should have been Zulu or Suju But it wasn't an anomaly. Everyone was studying French or Latin or German or... Right? Well, everybody in our school, yes. But, I mean, yes. the thing is that in... So nobody in was actually studying a practical subject. How many of the... Uh, did you have um, home economics or metalwork or woodworking or yeah. one of those yeah, yeah. subjects at yeah. school? Yeah. And uh, everyone also... Well, I mean, the thing is that at school, everything is just a pain in the neck, right? I mean, they could have they could have given us something really interesting like photography and it would have just been a subject to do. Um, but that's well, just the nature of... But they probably would have been taught the same way that you were taught French <laughs> and all you would have remembered at the end was, I think there's a thing on a camera called a shutter... And that yeah, there's an APA thing that you've got to turn if there's too much light or something like that. But um, I mean, the, then you're not talking about how important it is. You're just talking about the relevance that the teacher creates in the classroom. I, I'm being cynical, but the what I'm, which I know is a complete anomaly for me. Troy, being cynical. That's about education. Oh God. Um, what I'm trying to say is the main reason why we grade is because why do we have French? The answer is because. 
Yeah, I know. Okay, so let's go into a university setting. So I've got okay. a group of master students who are doing a master, uh, their degree in teaching, okay. language teaching. Okay. And one of their courses is an introduction to linguistics, okay. which is supposed to be useful for them as language teachers. And uh, I would say there's a 30% chance of that actually being true, but yes. Okay, so they've studied stuff like phonology and social linguistics and world Englishes and which forms part of their general platform of language teaching, let's just say, and they have to do an assignment. Okay, what's the assignment? The assignment is they have to, it's based on sociolinguistics, and they're going to do, uh, they've got to study a speech community and a linguistic anomaly in the speech community. Okay, so uh, like uh, people in New York who say stand online instead of stand in line. That's right, yes. Okay. okay. <clears throat> or, or the differentiation between bale and puck, or male, huh? Bale, huh? What? Pale, pale. <laughs> Pale and bucket. <laughs> pale, <laughs> pale and bucket. Speaking of speech anomalies. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, so they each decide on a speech community. Yeah. And then they identify a linguistic uh, in-group marker from that, sort of, and then they analyse it and p- present it. Huh? I'm lost here. Uh, as, um, in-group markers are ways in which people in that speech community okay, so identify one another as so people okay. uh, can identify another New Yorker by the way they say bird for example okay. uh, that's as yeah. so they're going to do that they present it they hand it in they present what hey guys so people in New York say bird bird Boyd 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 <laughs> coffee <laughs> Okay. Okay. How, yeah, I mean, there's two ways of doing it. They could make a presentation in front of the class and get a score, score, or they could write a little assignment and that score. could be graded. Yep. Yep. Um, are they doing this only because they're being graded, or is it because it's really interesting and it's a language teacher thing? Well, my answer is they're doing it just because it's going to be graded, right? The fact that it might be interesting makes no difference because it's just been assigned. Okay. I mean, that's just the nature of education. Yeah. But the student... Well, <laughs> back to my point. <laughs> this conversation... Thanks, yes, thanks for making my <laughs> point for me. <laughs> <laughs> We're waffling in circles here. Okay. The point is, you've been given this piece of paper as a teacher and you've got to do something with it. And that thing generally is grading. But if you're going to grade, you might as well mark it for feedback purposes. Okay. All right. So we can... Can we both agree that uh, in general... Grading is a more administrative yes. function than yes. a practical, useful educational tool. Okay, and in another podcast sometime, we'll have to talk about grades and grading okay. and scores. Because right. that's a, a, a massive topic. Yeah. Okay, oh. then feedback. If we just look at it purely as feedback instead. Right, okay. So my, my experience from my school days was... Teachers taking a red pen yep. and, and identifying all the things that I've done wrong, yeah, which was usually a lot, yeah, and and if there and if it was, if you were frank and you did, you didn't do any of the things wrong that Peter did, the teacher found other things that you'd done wrong. Is well, it right? yeah, because they didn't say, oh, you didn't make any of those mistakes. They instead said. Uh, you made these ones. Well, I mean, the thing is that the, the teachers actually didn't mark or grade or give feedback on anything that they taught. They just went, this style of the sentence uh, is wrong. Oh, um, yes, so, that one. Okay. Okay, cats arrived. Which actually, uh, if I remember correctly, I uh, don't remember the name of the approach. There's a, a, an educational approach where you... 
What is it? Oh, it's test, teach, test. Test, teach, test, yes. Yeah. Okay. First, you tell the students what they're doing. You start off by... Finding out what they can do and can't do. Well, telling them that they're doing everything wrong. Well, no, you're supposed to first test to see whether they are Yeah, doing but of course, wrong. in reality, it's <laughs> telling them everything that well, they've done well, wrong. Let's go with the theory. Okay, so you tell them everything they've done wrong. Yep. Uh, then teach them how to do it correctly. And then and test then... them to see that they've now done it correctly. Okay. Uh, and so this teacher who gave you the red thing covered in everything, I've never told you that you're supposed to stand up straight and, and point your nose in the air when you give a presentation, uh, but you didn't do it, so therefore you're wrong. Well, and, and in, in defence of the teachers who were teaching me, they probably thought, well, that's good feedback for me because yeah. that's the thing that I'm doing wrong and therefore... So this is okay. a... This so is it's, a, it's personalised. Right, and, and it's a deficit-based approach. I'm doing these things wrong, so here's feedback on those things that I'm doing wrong. Okay. And and learn from them, you stupid child. Um, okay, now I, I... Steve, have you ever taken a test in your life? I have indeed. Oh, yes. wow, okay, <laughs> coincidentally. But no, wait, let's not uh, go into the scores now. No, but not going into that. Okay. So on the feedback thing, when you finished this test, did you finish it going... Wow, I knew 70% of that stuff. No. Or did you finish going, oh, I didn't know like 30% of it. Yeah. And actually, you didn't even stop and think it was 30%. You went, I didn't know so much of it. Yeah. Okay, so that's a deficit-based approach. What's your point? But, well, that's the feedback thing. Feedback is large, often largely negative. And I'm not saying that's the teacher's fault. I'm saying that it's way easier to find what the students are doing wrong. It just is. Oh, well, that's right. I mean, the thing is that if a teacher picks up a pen to give feedback, yeah. the easiest thing to do is to go, oh, that's wrong. Nope, that's not right. Oh, I can't understand that. You haven't phrased that properly. Um, yeah. This is supposed to be past tense. Um, the fact that there's all this other stuff that's good just gets ignored. Okay. Okay, so that's right. So we're all focusing on the bad things. The teacher's focusing on the bad things. The students are going, oh, my God, my English is terrible. I think I failed that exam, right? Yeah. Terrible. So feedback is generally just negative. Well, so well, this is, this is what I think. Um, I mean, the thing is that if, if you take a red pen and start uh, writing about what's wrong on the student's page, the student can only see the red with, in relation to the things that are wrong. And yeah. that's, that's what I call the slaughterhouse. So yeah, okay. they've got this all this red scribble on their page. It looks like a cow's being slaughtered over their, uh, over their essay or whatever it is. Um, they're not. I mean, it's scary to see a piece of paper come back with all that red on it. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, I don't mark in red. First of all. Okay. Uh, I don't have a, a dog in that fight. The whole red pen, no red pen. Oh. Use it green. Okay. Yeah. I get the argument. I just don't actually care. So, so what, do you, what color do you mark in? Whatever. I literally don't care. Okay. So I often have a green pen with me uh, when I'm doing classes where I mark a lot. Uh, but uh, for example, a class that I teach with adults, yeah. where uh, it is endless feedback and endless cycle. Of feed- it's a writing course, and it's specifically a test prep course. They're going to be taking a test that's basically the same as the IELTS. I'm working with the writing section, so it's uh, some academic essays, basically. And the students study for 15 weeks. Ten of the weeks, the first five weeks, is lots of how do we do it, how do we do it, let's practice doing it together. This is genre. Right? 
Yeah, and then there's ten weeks of start doing it. And I, I give it for the last five weeks. They bring me their papers as they write them. So this this guy is finished, and I he brings it to me in class. In class, and I circle, underline, give him a note, and sometimes go, uh, don't correct this one here because it's very complex. Come back to me in a moment when I'm finished with the other guys. There might be a complicated grammar point or something like that that I need to explain. Um, so you're focusing on the things that they've done that's not following the genre. Yes. Um, and that's now, useful for them. Verbally, yeah. I'm giving them positive feedback. But all I'm putting on the paper is, don't okay. do that, look out for that, you've got a mistake here. Okay. And you can do that because there's enough, there's few enough students in the class that you can do uh, that. Yeah, there are ten students. And the class is actually four hours long. Okay, so the question then is, if you had 40 students... <coughs> okay, look, yeah, 40 uh, students with me writing. by. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of grading and marking. Yeah. Could you, could you integrate the positive feedback into your feedback? Into your the written, written stuff? Yeah. Uh, I've tried it a bunch of times, and uh, I find that... I'm, I'm going through the motions, I am. I, I'm writing... I'm, Deliberately looking for something that they've done right that I can explain in a simple comment. Uh, you know, it might be things like a great improvement over last time. All right. Or um, uh, no, sometimes sometimes it, it's easy because there's genuinely something that I can go. Wow! Nice concluding sentence. Impressive. Okay. Like, right, and I'm so genuinely impressed. But. One of the one of the best feedback methods that I can remember from as a student, <clears throat> in the actual paper, it was mostly comments about things that I got wrong from a content perspective or points okay. that I'd missed or something. But in the comments at the end, the the teacher had written what a great idea or this is an interesting argument and I like this and that, and that about it and don't forget that you've got to remember, you know, that you've yep. got to add these things. So the comments were the balanced part, the comment at the end. But that meant that he, because he wrote a lot, so he okay. wrote, he must have spent 10 minutes on each comment. And there were 40 kids in the class. Well, again, it wasn't that big a class, so he could do that. Okay. But, I mean, in that particular instance, I went straight to the comment um, and he f- prefaced it with all his positive. Yeah. Well, pillow, pillow well, well structured <laughs> and <laughs> a nice argument. Which gives you a nice fluffy feeling and it makes yeah. you all feel. And then you. Then, you then he missed. said, don't, don't forget to put a period yeah, and, every and now and then. Watch out for the spelling, sentences. the differentiation between effect and effect, and yeah. you know, whatever it was that, that I needed to focus on. And did. Did that feedback help you improve? <laughs> well, well, that's a good question. Um, does the feedback the the research seems to indicate that it does help people improve? I haven't um, read any research that showed me that. Uh, I read lots of research saying it's uh, tests are terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, from a personal perspective, I can't remember any p- specific item of feedback that gave me an aha moment and, and made okay. me a better person or anything. Um, 
Um, well, this is depressing. Yeah, it is depressing. Yeah. Okay. So, wait a minute. We spend a lot of time marking because the school requires it. Yes. The students are extrinsically motivated, mo- motivated by, by the, ma- by the by fact that we're going to mark something. By the grading part of it. Right. Um, when they get it back, they look at everything to see what they've done wrong, and then yep. they challenge us if they think we've... Yeah. Uh, teacher. Teacher, why did you take off a mark here or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Um, it not necessarily making a lot of difference to the students' learning. Yeah. Well, extrinsically it is. Um, yeah, I, it's a task completion thing. But the idea is supposed to be that it's feedback on on the stuff that you... So the idea, yes. Maybe the theory is if you've taught past tense, you only mark past tense and then they get feedback on oh, okay. marks. All right, so tense. if we're getting on to the... Not why do we, but how do we? Uh, I've got plenty to say on the how do we, but, but when even, it comes to the even why, the why the I mean, if you if because. you only mark what you've taught, that's a reason why, because then you're giving feedback on that very specific thing. Okay, that's a that's uh, a I why, isn't it? I suppose. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go on to the how. How? Troy's five steps on how to mark. <laughs> Uh, number one. It, uh, number one. Uh, if it's you're writing, if it's one of these stupid tests that you're only doing because it has to be done, rewrite the whole test so that you can mark it in no time at all. Uh, do silly things like, ah, uh, look, it's a multiple choice section. All answers will be written in the margin. Oh, it's a fill in the blank section. All answers will be written in the margin. Uh, and, and yeah, okay. I mean that that that's good. But what about what about a paragraph? Write a paragraph about ah, what you did okay. last week. Well, it's that... a completely different style of marking. Yeah. So in, in closed marking, there are ways to just make it easier on yourself. But when it comes to marking open-ended things, uh, speaking and writing, being well, the most see, obvious. I don't think that those closed things are giving the students. I don't either. I, I think that's well, that's I mean, the whole thing that grading, we started with. That's that's yeah, not that's... marking. Yeah. Okay, but if it's the feedback mm. feedback style of marking. Uh, the biggest, best thing that I, I would say that I do think generally helps the students, um, and I've had good feedback on from my students, is dividing up the scores into discrete and uh, discernibly different criteria. You're talking about a rubric? Yes, and, okay. and making sure that that rubric isn't the teacher's version of the rubric. It's a, you have the teacher's version, but you have one that's for the students. So give, me, give an example. Uh, so the big one that I do, uh, for example, I, I'm quickly marking a student's written work. I'll give them a grade for fluency, and which is simply, it's not grammar, it's, not, it's nothing but, uh, have I understood what you tried to say and have you actually said something? Okay. And, and nothing but that. Uh, another grade that I give, depending on the level, so at a very low level, I give them a grade for content, which is, did you stick to the most ridiculously simple version of each sentence, or did you actually put in some of your own content into okay. the sentence? Or at a higher level, it's the same thing, but it's, uh, on, I think on IELTS it's called range and uh, the other thing range and something, mm-hmm. which is just, you've used a variety of vocabulary, mm. uh, you've gone beyond the most simple... That's interesting, because my, my interpretation of content on a rubric is, have you answered the question, or have you done uh, what it was uh, I do a separate one, uh, and, but low level, I don't do that, only high level, I do a task completion grade, mm. 
and it's how well have you completed the task. Okay, so you've got a set of rubrics, yeah. and you follow those for the grading. Yeah, and I do the thing that you said with... Uh, I've taught past tense, so I'm going to mark for past tense. Yeah. But I told the students that one of your scores is for accuracy. Uh, this task is designed to get you to... Oh, let's make it something silly. What we talked about last time? Oh, you have to describe the contents of your fridge. Okay, uh, you get... This is carnivals and uncarnivals. Yeah. Okay. And they get... So part of the accuracy is they've spelt the vocab words right. Okay. And part of it is they've used the grammatical part right. The sum, any, uh, the, s, there is. So uh, they're getting an accuracy mark, and I'm telling them what they mark for. A fluency mark, I'm telling them what they mark for. A content mark. And then, and then, no, but hang on. But then you're only, you're only giving feedback on those particular items from the rubric. Yep. So um, I've got a score for content, yep. and I'm only going to give you feedback on content issues. Or content success. Well, I'm going to give them th three separate pieces of feedback. Okay. Here's your accuracy feedback, here's your fluency feedback, and here's your, your content feedback. And they've spelt um, weather wrong. Okay. You're going to ignore that? Yep. Because, uh, well, first of all, have I even taught the word weather? Because if I haven't, that's actually adding to their content score. Well, I mean, the... the, the I think the argument that a lot of teachers make is if you don't mark something, even if you haven't taught it, if you don't give them that feedback, it might fossilize and become part of their natural language incorrectly used forever and ever, amen. Uh, and which I don't necessarily believe, believe in, but I do believe in the more practical part of that argument, which is but if I send it home and the parent sees that I didn't correct weather, yeah. uh, which, yes, does happen... Uh, in those cases, I will whip out a separate colour pen and do little squiggly underlines with an asterisk at the bottom saying, nice try, we'll be covering this next term. Mm. Or something to I, that I effect. I think the, with the parents' issue, if, if you marked only a specific thing, there's easy justification for why you haven't bothered with that spelling. Uh, yeah, but the squiggly lines in the purple pen or whatever colour I picked are actually because the justification is so easy I'd rather not bother to have it. Yeah, yeah, I marked the other stuff as well. Okay, it's not part of the curriculum right now. Go away. I, I, I'm, we're working on this. You see, I have a problem with that though because when I mark, if, if I squiggle everything that I see that's wrong... I, I, I don't want to do I, it. Well, I feel like a copy editor, first of all, and second yeah. of all, it, it, it means that my... Marking it, what I've written or is everything. I mean, you know, you you've got to do. If you start with everything, you've got to do everything, and then it is everything in some cases. Even with teachers, I'm gonna mark my three things. If I have to pay attention to the other stuff for some external force, like a parent or whatever, I'm actually putting a note on there saying, uh, "We'll be covering this next term. Good try, nice efforts, mm -hmm. well done." Uh, uh, Keep experimenting with the language. Uh, wow, where did you learn this word from? I'm putting a squiggle there to, to say that. Yeah, I know. I noticed, all right. I wasn't asleep while I marked. But I'm not drawing the students' attention to it. Or if anything, I'm actually going to give them praise for going above and beyond, using extra stuff. Right, and those were Troy's... Guidelines for... Worrying words of waffling wisdom? 
Those were Troy's waffling words of worrying wisdom. Yes. I think I've got that right, yeah, more or less. Sure. Um, but, uh, Steve, how yeah. do you mark? Well, I believe I'm a bit of a minimalist with my marking. So I only mark what I've taught. Yeah. Um, I ignore stuff which is clearly wrong but irrelevant to what it is that I'm focusing on. I mark in pencil and I mark small so that students have to hunt down my comments. <laughs> And if they, so essentially, if you want to ignore it, you can. You can. And in actual fact, if you want to erase it, you can. But my thinking is, if you've erased it, you've probably read what I wrote, um, which means that you've looked at it. Um, very devious of you. Yeah, very manipulative. And um, if the parents want to see what I've marked, well, it's in pencil, so they can look. And all through my teaching career, I've been given red pens for Christmas presents, for birthday presents, because a lot of people have thought... I. I don't have enough money to buy my own red pen. <laughs> but but I and and in some schools where there's a requirement that you mark in red, I've I've had problems with principals. Um, you didn't cheat and mark the whole thing in pencil and then a comment on the bottom in a red pen. Well, so I would give the grade in red. I would okay. if if it needed to be graded, the final grade would be You're in right, seventy two in red in a right. circle at the bottom. Right. But all my comments and my thanks and my well dones and all that kind of stuff is in pencil. And I try, I've always tried, it's hard though, to balance, if I'm going to, if I've got eight things that I've marked as, as incorrect, to have eight well dones, or yes, I agree, or good line, or Ooh, something, I know. That's a lot of effort. Yeah. But you see, that's why, that forces me not to overmark. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, we've completely forgotten the point. Uh, one thing in grading the open-ended stuff, yeah. uh, sorry, marking it for feedback, I don't correct. Oh, I don't correct either, yes. Okay. So if if there's a spelling mistake, I underline it. Okay. Uh, I don't write the correction in because I, don't, I think the students should be able to do that by themselves if it's something I've taught. Uh, well, for me, it's not that I think they should be able to. I mean, I, I hope that they're able to, but I don't think that they should. It's rather that I think if I've corrected it for them, it's... Uh, they're going to pay less attention to it. All right, yeah. thanks. Yeah, I got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, how, I, what, did, what did I do wrong? I oh, agree. right. Oh, ED or yeah. whatever. One of the things that I, I came across early in my career as a teacher was um, the fact that large swathes of the class were doing the same thing wrong. And I would okay. mark them and then go, hang on, they're all doing this wrong. That's not them. That's clearly me. Yeah, uh, and we need to learn this and I need And I need to reteach that. So yeah. I, ha- I used to have a problem with st- students running, writing run-on sentences. So they would write <laughs> these really long sentences. For anyone right, who's ever read anything written by Steve. Yeah, I, I never do that. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so I, I had to do exercises on cutting sentences up into... Well, I soaked up their, their mistakes <laughs> and, and took it on with my own writing. Um, and okay. and instead of marking that, then that just gave me feedback for what to what, do. What do we need to cover in class yeah. and as a class? I do quite a bit of that as well. I, I look for common denominators, things that uh, here I can make a task out of this. It, it can actually be a learning opportunity yeah. for the class rather than me telling you over and over again you're doing it wrong. Let's learn how to do it right. So another thing that happened, which was actually quite fun, one of the schools that I worked at in Malaysia, they had a system where we weren't allowed to mark anything at all. Um, we, the system that they had, and it actually was great. We would we're, we were to take one or two sentences from each student in the class, yeah. and and compile them into a list of sentences that are wrong. 
Okay. And, and use then, it as a task. And then give it to the students and say, there's a mistake in each of these sentences, fix it. Correct them. And they'll all go through it and they'll go, this is so easy. And then you give their own paper back and you say, well, some of those sentences are yours. Find, Find them, them, fix them, look at the other sentences. And it forces them to edit their own work nice. before they hand it in. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and so the marking in that particular school was forbidden. We could only give the grade. But, nice. but the, the grading was, the marking was just an activity in class. And, and that worked really well. Yeah. It was fun. I, I, I do a thing with my writing class where uh, every few lessons, uh, when we've got time, we spend an hour and we write something as a class. So I'm, th- I'm the typist. And the students are collaborating on, on making so you an essay. write it on the board? Uh, I actually write it on a projector. So I'm typing it into a, a computer and it's on the projected onto the whiteboard. So they're just taking sentences? Yep. And, and you, you type it exactly as they say? I type exactly what they say. <laughs> okay. And then I do one of two things. Okay. Uh, often I can just drag the mouse over it and highlight a section and go, there's a mistake there. Okay. And the class can 95% right? of the time they can fix yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, and then if, however, it's something more complex, I can then actually walk over to the whiteboard with that horrible light shining in my eyes and underline the thing on the whiteboard and, and give a bunch of here's how and why and what and what not to and be careful. Is, are you and, writing it in Word? Pretty much, yeah. So I, does I, it squiggle as you write? No. Uh, I turn off the corrections, suggested corrections. Okay. So we do we do that at, at class writing activity. Now, obviously, that's for... a, a class of 10 no, but, I mean, but that's that's a really good activity because if they're dictating something to you and you're writing exactly what they're dictating yeah. with the mistakes yes then it becomes a group effort yeah um, and I would say that that's probably a lot better than than individually going through and saying oh you've, uh, yeah. you've you've done this wrong you've also done this wrong you've done that wrong too that's kind of the reasoning behind it is the uh, you're not being picked on as individuals here. We're we're collaborating as a yeah. class, and now I have to say one weird thing about you know because some students some students want it, they want to be told everything they're doing. Being, teacher, what mistake did I make? Why? How? Where? When? What? And and they fixate on it. Yeah. And other students have also done the thing where. Well, correct it for me. I've had that as well. In fact, I had a student in my writing class last year who uh, all this, there was a, basically a line of students you know, coming through with their papers and I was going through and just telling them uh, there was a set of correction symbols on the whiteboard, like SP for spelling or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just underlining where in the line and putting the symbol at the end of the, the line. Line by line by line. And, and they didn't want to think. Well, the task was they took it straight back to their partner and with their partner they went through each other's writing together and then they brought it back to me after they'd done it. And one student said, well, I, I went through his one and he said, well, what is the correct one? And I said, no, try to correct it first. And he, he said, so I can't ask you then? I said, yes, you can ask me, but try to correct it first. No, it's fine. I just I won't ask you anything. Fine. And I mean, he was an Ooh, adult learner, but very passive aggressive. He stomped his feet and and, and went but off. but you see, students like that, they've paid the money, and the teacher's job is to tell them. Um, and if you're not going to tell them, well, then you're not doing your job. I've, I've, this this is a, a yeah. fairly common. Uh, and so your grading is your marking is your correction. Um, the the students who say they want more. Give me more. I want more. I want to know every single. Uh, 
are weird because sometimes they're the ones who complain that the teacher's too strict. Strict, or yeah, I don't, I don't think you can follow the students' desires with that kind of thing. I think I mean, one it, it was an anomaly, but the fact of the matter is. That student would have been just fine with me going through and correcting everything. He would have taken his paper away and said, thank you, teacher. Yeah, would he have learnt anything? No. No. Um, um, and the other students who said, the, oh, tell me every single mistake that I've made, uh, most of them I've managed to get on board with, uh, yes, but one thing at a time. Correct this part first and then yeah, get back. I think that that's a good point that you've got to teach students how you do marking, yeah. and and that this is the way we do it in this classroom, and I'm going to do it like this, and you're going to do it like this with me, and this is the way it's going to be done. And and if I think if it's clarified, or if they know that that's your style, um, they'll probably accept that. Yeah. At some point, but maybe it needs to be spelt out. I I think it must be spelt out. I I'm very very overt with my learners about not just. Uh, it, it's not why you got this grade, it's what you were graded on. So it's not why you lost markets. Uh, I do it how you got marks mm. for for things. And when I give them their piece of paper back, it doesn't say 71 out of 100. It says... Content, 5. Yeah, 5 out of... whatever. 7 out of 10, 4 out of 20, whatever oh, okay. it is. I get those grades. Right, right so um, this podcast that we've just waffled about was supposed to be about marking. But, but it was actually all, about feedback. Well, and it was also about the philosophy of education and, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and the pointlessness of language teaching and the notion of explicit feedback, uh, motivation, uh, extrinsic motivation, sorry. And, okay. and it was me making a lot of mistakes. Okay. Mm. Well, then, uh, to help motivate you a bit further, mm -hmm. I'd like to introduce our sponsor for the day. The sponsor. Our sponsor has a perfect name. Now, for you people who've ever been to Thailand, you might know that there's actually a drink in Thailand called Sponsor. Our sponsor is Sponsor. But uh, Sponsor have now recently branched out into wait, wait, wait. a whole new country. But, well, before you do that, uh, Sponsor is really beneficial for teachers and students because it's an energy drink full of sugar and salt. And salt, yep. Perfect for a hot, sweaty day that you need and you need when you're suffering from a sugar crash. Um, those classes at 3 o'clock in the afternoon where you're falling asleep. <laughs> Take a sponsor. They really do. They push you through. They get you through those hard classes. And they're cold if they've been in the fridge. Teachers drink them when they have hangovers. Okay. No one heard that though, right? No, no, nobody okay. heard that. Okay, so, but uh, we're not actually sponsored by Sponsor Thailand. We're sponsored by a sponsor from a whole other continent. See, what country are they from? They're, well, they're branching into Lesotho. Which I would say Lesotho. Yes. And I don't know which one's correct. So, either way. So, please um, visit uh, sponsor.les. So, yes. I'll sp um. Sponsor with double S or single S? Sponsor less? I, well, sponsor with... Sponsor's only sponsor got one S in it. Well, no, 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 less. The, um... Sponsorless. What? Lesotho is uh, single S. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> Have fun finding sponsorlessness. <laughs> Fatification-ism. Toffo-Roffo is proudly brought to you by the non-stop Waffler, Troy, and Steve. For any question, comment, com 
complaint or queries, you can email tofurrafer at gmail.com or visit www.tofurrafer.com.